Well, with Thanksgiving drawing near, I wanted to make a story inspired by that specific holiday. So, this story is called Cat and Mouse, and it tells of a cat and a mouse who eventually find a home for themselves, but not a permanent one. Also, I might be taking a break on Thanksgiving week, so please feel free to contact my dad at sparksum12 at gmail.com. And with that finally out of the way in terms of how you can contact me, let's dive into the storytelling once more. A cold wind blew through the trees as Callan stepped through the brush. His paws crunched under the soft, wet leaves, and his tail flicked from side to side as he licked his whiskers nervously. He had been on a journey for a new home ever since his old home had been robbed and destroyed. Suddenly, Callan stopped, ears high in the air. Though he was unfamiliar with the outdoors, he had self-taught himself enough in the wilderness to know when to fight and when to run. Thankfully, it was only a small field mouse that appeared from behind a tree, sniffing at the ground. Callan sighed, sheathed his claws, and then continued walking. The mouse happened to look up and see the giant black fur moving his way. Oh, good morning, sir. Are you on your merry way into town? The mouse asked, looking up at the cat's menacing glare. Callan said nothing and continued to walk toward the town. The mouse quickly chased after him. Hey, we should be buddies. We can become an unstoppable duo, the cat and mouse. Callan grimaced in disgust. You do know what I do to your kind, right? The mouse looked up. Oh, sure, but I'm in the middle of the season of forgiveness. Callan sighed and continued to walk across the crunching leaves toward the town. Along the way, the mouse kept him company. Even though Callan already disliked the mouse for his annoying chatter, the small rodent was starting to grow on him. There was something relaxing about hearing droning on and on about what kind of nut he had to eat for supper last evening. Suddenly, Callan stopped. His eyes caught on a glimmer in the distance, causing him to freeze. Well, what's wrong this time? the mouse asked. Then, the mouse stopped as well, following Callan's gaze up towards the hill. There, at the old abandoned church, sat four shadows. Each one had black outfits, either an axe or a sword, and each had a giant sack of something on their backs that they were sleeping against. Next to the bandit's campfire was an old knotted tree, and tied to the tree were two big black oxen. Callan's gaze, however, was on the giant sacks. I wonder what kind of items are in those. Callan's mind raced as he thought of jewels, treasure, food, drinks, and other precious items he recognized from heists long ago. The mouse quivered and shook in the wind like a blade of grass. Now, Callan was a thin black cat with slick back fur and sharp, narrow slits for pupils, and he had plenty of experience in stealing. He crept up the hill and used his claws to swipe. In one clean slash, the ropes were undone, hanging from the oxen like limp noodles. If he let the oxen go free, they could haul the treasure back to town. Once that was done, Callan ripped a small hole in each bag and looked in through the hole he had made. Inside were fancy pots, jewelry, and loads of food. Callan smiled, revealing his sharp teeth. Farther down the hill, the mouse simply shook his head. Hmm. This fellow clearly knows his stuff, but he lacks the proper usage of his talents. So, I guess I'm going to be the one to fix that, he thought. The mouse scampered up the hill and hopped onto Callan's back. So, going right for the treasure, eh? That lacks a certain panache, and certainly not what I would have done. Callan silenced the mouse. The bandits began to grunt and shift in their sleep. The duo froze like the rest of the forest and the half-frozen grass on the ground. Nothing moved for a brief minute. Then, one of the bandits scratched his chest, rolled over, and continued to snore. 
Cal inside and continued to open the bag further. Firstly, it's not stealing if you're stealing from the thief. Secondly, I don't need you to help me. I can manage just fine on my own. After all the loot had been gathered into a nice big heap, the mouse helped to hitch it up to the oxen, and Callan stared off in the direction of the smoke. Now where did you say that town was? The field mouse, overjoyed, gave a whoop of happiness, and then pointed toward the smoke. Callan gently coaxed the oxen forward, and they set off toward the town. Once they arrived, they dropped the treasure in front of the fountain, and then went back up the hill for the next sack. After the final two loads, all the treasure had been restored to the village. Callan, however, simply smiled menacingly. He had an idea. You go on ahead. I'll catch up after I'm done with a little surprise for these gents. Now, when the robbers awoke from their brief slumber, they were slightly groggy and cranky. The leader, who had a giant black hat and an even bigger sword, sat up and looked at the sacks. They appeared to be still filled. He sighed and woke up the rest of his men. One by one, they grabbed the sacks and barrels and they ran off toward the hills. And they were too tired to remember the oxen. They finally stopped for a drink at the stream a few miles away. The leader sighed and laughed a hearty laugh. Good work, gents. This might be our biggest haul yet. Why don't we open our... The leader froze, the sack wide open before him. Everyone peered in to see what was wrong. Instead of treasures, they found only rocks, dirt, and sand. And there was silence. A long, rather disturbing silence. Callan and the mouse entered the town and rode the oxen through the archway. The townsfolk stopped to see that a cat and a mere field mouse had returned all of their precious treasures. The townsfolk threw their hats in the air and cheered. Field mouse beamed with pride, and Callan simply grinned. The two were offered the finest things the village had to give to them for their act of selflessness and bravery. Later that evening, as the smoke began to die down from the party, Callan rolled over in his bed. You know, I just thought of something, the field mouse said, jumping out of his hole and landing on Callan's bed. If we took all the treasure, then what did you put in their sacks? Callan rolled over and laughed. Oh, don't worry. I took plenty care of that. Now try to get some sleep, for we must depart tomorrow morning. Yes, it's true that Callan did take care of the sacks, but when the bandits found out they had been tricked, you'd better believe that they were infuriated. They armed themselves with crossbows, knives, axes, anything they had on hand. And then, in the dead of night, they marched off to burn the town to ashes. They promised that before the sun rose that whoever stole their treasure would be dead as a doornail. They snuck through the maze of vines, leaves, and undergrowth, being careful so as to not wake any of the dogs in town. If so much as one thing went wrong, then they would be done for. No food, no water, nothing for the winter. That, and they didn't take too kindly to being made fools. They finally reached the border of the town. The lamps were still lit. Perfect. It was at this time that a light rain had begun to fall. The rain softened and muffled the bandits' footsteps across the cold, wet leaves. Outside, the wolves howled and the bears roared. The wind whipped through the trees, and somewhere off in the distance, a mighty tree snapped and crashed to the earth. But that was all outside. Inside, Callan stretched and yawned. The mouse sat up, groggy and half asleep. What? What is it? Callan jumped off the be soft bed and hopped up to the window. I don't like it. Something's not right here. We should leave within the hour. Skip town before something becomes our way. The mouse laughed and stuffed himself with cheese. Oh, you're paranoid. Stop it. You're scaring even me. Callan's ears pricked. He looked out the window. Against the twilight night, his eyes picked out one of the bandits holding his black sword. We need to leave. Now. Callan grabbed the mouse in his mouth and scampered down the stairs. 
Cowan then turned the corner of the stairs and bumped into their bandit leader. Hello, kitty cat. The bandit leader swung his giant sword at Cowan. But Cowan wasted no time in reacting. He yelled as loud as he could, leapt upwards, slashing the bandit leader in the face. Yow! He staggered backward and knocked over a lamp. The flames made their way over to the barrels in the corner of the house. The leader growled and pulled back his hand, revealing three bright red scratches across his left eye. That's it! By now, the whole town had heard about the battle between the cat and the bandit leader. The other three bandits were rather careless and were caught instantly. But, as the villagers were celebrating their capture, the house on the hill ignited in flame. Up on top of the house, people could see Cowan and the Mouse running from the bandit king. They could only hope from then on that Cowan and the Mouse would be victorious in their battle. The rain began to pour harder and harder as Cowan ascended the tower with the Mouse safely in his mouth. The bandit king still gave chase, stomping up the burning stairs. Finally, they stopped. The bell tower was there in front of them. Cowan set the mouse down. Listen, I'll distract the bandit, and that time, here's what you'll do. The mouse nodded as Cowan whispered instructions, and then smiled, running towards the bell. Cowan smiled, and then turned to face his enemy. Now, he may have been an old cat, but for 15 human years, or 50 cat years, whichever one you choose, he had put up with more than enough. Cowan arched his back, hissed, and then charged. Come and get me, you stupid raven! The bandit king looked up and smiled. Now there you are! They met in battle, sword and claw. The mouse, meanwhile, was hurrying to finish his task at hand. Then, as he fastened the last gear, he heard a yowl. Cowan flew from the staircase into the wall. The mouse looked up at the moon and then sighed. He knew what he had to do to save his friend. He jumped down and bit the bandit king's ear. Ah! What the... The bandit drew his attention away from Callan for a minute, and instead cleaved off the mouse's tail, throwing him away. The bandit king raised his sword. Callan, injured, looked up and then closed his eyes, knowing that death was upon him. Just then, the mouse's work had paid off. The clock struck twelve. A giant hammer swung from outside the tower and smashed into the bell, causing a great vibration to shake the tower and causing it to crumble. The bandit king dropped his knees in pain, clutching his ears, which he felt were bleeding. Callan, on the other hand, suddenly closed his ears with some ashes and sprinted down the stairs and back through the fire with the mouse on his back. The townsfolk outside watched with despair as the tower collapsed into a pile of rubble. Apparently, the bell ringing so loudly had caused the whole thing to break from the vibration. Suddenly, Callan threw himself out of the building and into the sunrise. He stood up, the mouse on his back, and his claws stained with ashes and blood. The townsfolk cheered, and while they celebrated the cat and mouse, two boys ran up the hill to the destroyed house. Once they were up there, they happened to see a fateful sight. The grisly, twisted old hand of the bandit king still looming up from the rubble. But they suddenly kicked it and ran off to celebrate. Callan whispered to the mouse, Hey, you can stop faking now. The mouse's tiny eyes flickered open, and he sat up. What? How long was I out? Where are we? Do I smell cheese? Callan laughed a great, hearty laugh. Don't panic, we're safe. And we've seen the last of those foolish bandits for a while. With that, Callan rested his injured leg on one of the oxen, and the mouse bowed to the townsfolk as they rode away into the sunrise, heroes and champions forevermore. Hey guys, thanks for listening again, and before I quit, I have a few quick announcements to make. First off, my good pal Aiden Mason and Scouts has started his own podcast. So um, 
you enjoyed mine, then you should go check out his as well. Please. It, uh, probably, I don't know, work out. Also, I wanted to say the cat in the story, Callan, is actually based off of my own cat. Now, my own cat is nothing like Callan, except for the name. He is more of a furry 17-pound bowl of fluff who just eats and sleeps. But he's a great friend, not gonna lie. Well, I guess that's all for now, and, uh... Hope you have a happy Thanksgiving, and you stay safe in these harsh times.